Good afternoon, one and all, and welcome to the Grateful Dad Radio Hour, a conversation about men at home, at work, and at play, with your host, Doug Gertner, the Grateful Dad. Every week, Doug is joined by fascinating guests who tell their own authentic stories and explore all that it means to be a man. And now, here's your host, Doug Gertner, the Grateful Dad. Thank you, Cameron. Thank you, moms and dads, boys and girls, for tuning in to this week's edition of the Grateful Dad Radio Hour on MileHighRadio.com. I'm Doug Gertner, the Grateful Dad, your host for this hour of conversation and some live music as well, as we celebrate today my second anniversary of uh, broadcasting in the talk radio genre. I've been doing this for two years now and, uh, I think I'm, I'm, I think I'm getting the hang of it. And, um, you'll be the judge of that today as you, uh, join me and my guest Edgar Papke. Uh, as you'll hear, Edgar has celebrated with me. This is his third visit to the show. So he was essentially my first guest when I launched the show two years ago. He came back a year ago with me to celebrate uh, my first anniversary and um somehow his uh, schedule was clear and he made the time to be with us here again today not only however are we celebrating the second anniversary of the grateful dad radio hour but uh, much much greater cause for celebration in my book is the fact that i'm holding in my hand his book edgar has been working on this uh, for some time and i am so delighted to be holding in my hand true alignment Linking Company Culture with Customer Needs for Extraordinary Results by Edgar Papke, uh, published by American Management Association. We're going to talk a lot about this book, and you'll learn not only uh, how it came to fruition, but what it's all about. Um, a business book about the human art of business, which means that each of us does business in so many different ways and can benefit from what we're going to talk about with my guest, Edgar Papke, today. So let folks know that they can uh, tune into this conversation. You're listening now on uh, your computer usually, and so how hard would it be? I would ask you to just send an email to a few people with the link to milehighradio.com and let them know that there's a great guest talking about his new book on the Grateful Dad Radio Hour, or uh, maybe a quick text telling them to tune to milehighradio.com, or uh, how about the old-fashioned way, pick up the phone and say, point your browser to milehighradio.com, and that's where you can hear the Grateful Dad Radio Hour with host Doug Gertner, the Grateful Dad, and Edgar Papke, my guest today. So let folks know, or you can even tweet it out. My Twitter handle, by the way, is at Doug Gertner, and I've just uh, tweeted that we're on the air live. So you can retweet that if you want to. <sighs> Facebook. Don't 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 let me go there because I've got mixed feelings. But uh, on Facebook, you'll find me at the Grateful Dads, and so uh, feel free to like me. I've got the notion that I'd like to have 500 likes by the end of the year and not have to pay to get those likes. So you would help me out if you went to the Grateful Dads and liked that page. That's the Grateful Dads page. You can also just find me. Uh, as Doug Gertner, look at my photos, become my friend. That's the Facebook side of things. Oh, yeah, as far as tuning in, if you're not uh, sitting in front of your computer, there's a great app for your smartphone called TuneIn Radio, just like it sounds, TuneIn Radio. It's a free mobile app, and then you can just put Mile High Radio into the search function, find this station, and listen on the go on your 
mobile device with TuneIn Radio app. So I encourage you to do that. Take Mile High Radio and the Grateful Dead Radio are with you wherever you go. You can also hear all of my shows on Mile High Radio. All the shows I've done here are archived immediately after the show, thanks to our uh, engineer, owner, and guru, Haas. And you just go to milehighradio.com, go to my show page, and you can find all my recent shows. Did a great one recently about Jewish deadheads in advance of the Jewish Dead Fest, where I'll be speaking in just a couple weeks back east in Connecticut. Um, I had author John Penberthy on the show last week, a fascinating sort of Zen buzz that he brought to uh, the show talking about his book, To Be or Not to Be, and that's B-E-E. It's a great, great uh, little book and a great conversation with John Penberthy that you can hear. Uh, who else? Recently, oh, we did the warm-up for the Whole Man Expo three weeks in a row. We had uh, Captain Coe Theobald came on the, the show to talk about men's groups. We had Sandra Walston, the Courage Expert, and then Jim and Ruth Sharon talking about soulful marriage. They are the founders of the Whole Man Expo. A lot of other great shows, all available for your listening pleasure on demand. Just go to milehighradio.com and to my show page. Under the Grateful Dead, you'll find all of those available to stream and download. Today, as I said, it's our second anniversary. Edgar Papke's here to talk about his new book, True Alignment, and he's got his guitar, so we'll make sure to uh, ask him to play something either off of uh, one of his CDs or maybe he'll treat us to something new of his choice. And um, just wanted to, to let you know that coming up uh, in two weeks to round out the uh, month here... Um, all December is going to be all music on the Grateful Dead Radio. We'll kind of change to a show I call Alt Various and offer up what I'm calling a twang-tinged, Americana-enabled, roots-infused mixture of the latest indie sounds and alternative music from across the ages. So you'll want to tune in all month and rock out with me here on MileHighRadio.com. We've got our various features coming up shortly and my guest Edgar Papke joining us soon as well. Just want to remind you um, to thank my sponsors along with me here. You'll hear them at the break in about 20, 24 minutes or so. Emu Consulting, the Men's Anthology, and also NOMAS, the National Organization for Men Against Sexism. And also remind you to uh, check out the uh th- this website if you uh, would please it's thegreatthanksgiving.com just like it sounds thegreatthanksgiving.com i've got uh, the grateful group starting very soon and i'd love for you to join me this is my uh mastermind for gratitude that uh, i'm enrolling folks in now and you'll hear just a, m- a bit about it in just a minute and you can learn more at thegreatthanksgiving.com so that's a lot to to say, and I have a little bit more to say before I call on uh, Haas and Edgar to weigh in, because each week at this time, um, I like to reflect on what I'm grateful for. I call this segment My Moment of Gratitude. It's based on the fact that every day I use my gratitude journal, and I note those things for which I'm grateful, which just continues to remind me I have so much to be grateful for. And so today, as the holiday season sort of... Uh, 
officially commences. Uh, I mean, I know that it started back around Halloween and uh, officially with Black Friday, but I guess we're calling this Cyber Monday, and being that uh, we are web radio, it fits as the holiday season commences. I want to pause and offer my moment of gratitude for holidays, past, present, and future. I'm grateful, first of all, for the participation in my recent telephone seminar, How to Make the Most of uh, Every Minute This Season. I called it How to Enjoy the Greatest Gratitude for Thanksgiving. It was a reminder to myself as well as to those on the call of just simple ways to truly enjoy the holiday season and make Thanksgiving a time of gratitude. If you didn't make it on the call, just contacting uh, contact me. If you'd like a link, you can listen to the recording of the call at any time. Just find me, Doug, at thegratefuldad.org. And gratefully, I reflect on my own path to a happy holiday season that this year culminated in a glorious week spent down in Hawaii, relaxing in the hippie surfer village of Hanalei. It was just such a gift to be with friends and with family, to slow down and live in gratitude. We lit Hanukkah candles and ate turkey and lots of seafood and hiked and snorkeled and paddled and swam, making new traditions to go with the old ones. As I mentioned earlier, gratefully, I invite you to join the Grateful Group. That's my mastermind beginning this month for those who want to harness the power of gratitude and get more of what they seek in life. As I mentioned, just go to thegreatthanksgiving.com to learn more and to register. And with gratitude, I anticipate more joy and relaxation and more to be thankful for as the season continues. We've got a couple more nights of Hanukkah, and before you know it, Christmas and New Year's, and I'm lucky enough to celebrate all of those. Maybe I'll even try Kwanzaa this year, because the more, the merrier, and before long, it'll be Chinese New Year. So, so much gratitude now and uh, in the future. So gratefully, I once again look backwards and forwards at a season already filled with so much joy, so much to be grateful for, and ahead to more celebration. And that's my moment of gratitude for this week, for holidays past, current, and coming soon. And once again, I'm grateful to everyone for listening to the Grateful Dad Radio Hour today. I do encourage you to try to make a habit of being grateful. Hanukkah under the stars We're gonna jump into the car And have a swinging Hanukkah Under the stars New Jersey's own Fountains of Wayne. If you haven't discovered Fountains of Wayne, I can commend that band to you. Uh, Hanukkah Under the Stars, which was what uh, I was having under those uh, Hawaiian skies, man. Coming out from uh, Thanksgiving dinner on the second night of Hanukkah and looking at the stars over Princeville was uh, a memorable time. I'm going to ask the same question that I just asked uh, myself. I'm going to ask of, of the man behind the glass there. He's got headphones and a microphone. He keeps the board running. He keeps the station running. You know him as Haas. Haas, what are you grateful for? You know, I'm starting to sound like a broken record. It's but, okay. You know, it's okay. Um, I, uh, I'm grateful for the fact that over Thanksgiving, I was able to leave town like you oh, yeah. didn't go to Hawaii, but I did get a chance to go to Phoenix, mm. uh, spent, uh, four days with my parents and, uh, reconnected with some friends that, uh, some of which I hadn't seen. Well, I'd seen them about a year ago, but then prior to that, it was many years ago when I was high in high school and they were high school classmates. So we had a little, uh, a little get together, if you will, that turned into an all nighter. <laughs> I think we all got hurt. Uh, but you know, 
it was it was great. I got a chance to spend. I I drove, and uh, I got a chance to spend time because at the last minute I got I picked up a passenger. Oh, uh, turned out to be my son. Says oh, nice. I want to go. So he hadn't been back there for four years, and that's where he grew up. That's where I grew up. So anyway, you know, it was it was it's always great reconnecting with friends and family, and as much fun as it was. And I am truly, truly grateful for that. I couldn't wait to get home because uh-huh. I realize home is right here in Colorado. Yeah, there's and, that saying, like, you can't go home again. And, yeah. and I think you can go to visit. And I'm so glad that you made it there yeah. and reconnected in so many ways. And as you say, this is home. It is home because it wasn't that I was anxious so much to get back to Colorado because it's cold here Mm -hmm. and it was 75 in phoenix (laughs) almost every day i was there but you know what it's the people the people that i have met here the people that i've connected with who are an integral part of my life and i wouldn't trade that for anything and so i am you know i'm not gonna i'm not gonna read the list they know who they are um the the people yeah whatever anyway um but they have no idea how much they mean to me they really, really don't, and I hope uh, hope I, I, I figure out how to how to how to key, cue them in uh-huh. so that they understand what in, impact they've made on me and my life. And, and well, that's all what I'm that's related. what I'm encouraging, as you know. Yeah. I mean, we've we've made this our routine for me to ask you every week, put you on the spot. What are you grateful for? And this is what I have been encouraging, and and you know I I took uh, November and tried to get the word out there, and and seemed to reach a lot of people, yeah. um, and it was the 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 okay now tell them. So you are a master multitasker because I see you doing a lot in in the control room there. Um, pick up your device, text someone right now. And say, uh, I'm grateful to you for this. And while you're at it, tell them to tune into the Grateful Dad Radio Hour on Mile High Radio. But rather than text, I'm going to tell them in person. (laughs) That's the best way to do it. absolutely. Well, I'm glad that we're all here in person. Our bricks and mortar radio is happening. And um, I'm going to turn now to my guest, who I'm so delighted to have in person for the the third time. Um, that that that's a record in the short tenure of this show. Edgar Papke is here. I've put you on the spot twice before, and um, so you may or may not be ready for the question, Edgar. What are you grateful for today? Um, I begin with just simply being grateful for being here today yeah. and uh, spending this time with you and your. Um, inviting me back and uh, very grateful for our relationship over the years. So thank you mm-hmm. very much. Uh, the most immediate thought uh, comes to mind is uh, how grateful I am from, from my family, that everyone's healthy. We've got uh, um, two grandkids now, and um, life is just absolutely wonderful. They're all local. We get to see them a lot. And, um, and I'm very, very grateful to them for their love their inspiration, joy, and uh, support, especially of all my various endeavors and the things that I get to do. So, um, and uh, beyond that, um, I share gratitude with uh, all my friends and colleagues and the abundance of people throughout the world that I get to connect with and and, uh, interact with. And I'm grateful for all of them and to all of them. Yeah, I like that distinction. I've been trying to 
work with that as well as I've been talking about gratitude all this month. I'll ask people uh, in, in these workshops and talks that I'm giving someone you're grateful to and someone you're grateful for. And, and uh, you share my sense of that distinction. And that, to me, just expands the possibility for how we are grateful. And, and so thank you. You're going to meet Edgar uh, officially shortly with an introduction that uh, alludes to his family as well. Let me just add that I'm also asking this question of you, my listeners. Take a moment, if you will, and consider what are you grateful for today? Think about it and go to my website, thegratefuldad.org. You can go to the shop button there and get your copy of The Grateful Dad's Journal of Gratitude and start keeping a gratitude journal today. I invite you to do that, and I invite you to hang in here. Uh, before we meet Edgar, I want to turn to the part of the program, a segment I call the Full Circle Fatherhood Report. It's based on my contribution to the men's anthology, Ordinary Men, Extraordinary Lives, Defining Moments. That's one of the sponsors of our show, and I wrote an essay there called uh, Full Circle Fatherhood, How I Lost My Mother and Became the Grateful Dad. And uh, just as an aside, Edgar, you helped me uh, finish that. You you challenged me to, while I was on a getaway with my family, to still think that it doesn't mean I'm uh, checking out on family time if I take a little time to write. And that happened to help me finish that essay, get it into this book. And um, so each week on this show for over two years now, I've been delivering this report. And it really just uh, looks at me as both a father and a son and who I am now and uh, who I may be becoming. So today's edition of the Full Circle Fatherhood Report is titled Recognizing and Remembering. And it just it, it, it just starts with me thinking about and experiencing spending time with my teenage son and how it's like a deja vu for me as I grow to recognize my younger self in him more and more each day, be it his awkward self-consciousness, the inward turning, less communicative stance he's taken, his attraction toward friends and away from family, and his idealism. They all strike a familiar chord with me. My son is me at that age. I mean, less messed up because he's growing up without the chaos and dysfunction <laughs> that I endured early and often, yet the teen he's becoming is very much a mirror of myself. It gives me empathy and appreciation for him at this point in his life, even as I feel my buttons pushed by some of his unbecoming behavior. This recognition of myself in my son should help me to be less triggered and more tolerant. Yet I do hope he passes through this period somewhat more swiftly and with relative ease. Uh -huh. I'm also reminded of another mirror, the one that was so evident in the presence of my own father how I channeled his voice and his mannerisms at the same time I resented and sometimes reviled him at various times. My goal has been to live a life differently, to live my life differently, while accepting his legacy as one I can never completely escape. As I think about it, I'm recognizing and remembering both my father and my son for how I'm reflected in who they are and how they show up in everything I am and all that I do. The teenage me that I see when I'm with my son is a reminder of the simple yet extremely challenging aspects of those years in my life. It's my job to accept and support him the best I can and offer guidance and set some boundaries to help my son navigate toward adulthood. All the while, I'm also charting my own course through middle age using the memories of my own late father 
as a map for how to and not to live my life. I'm so grateful for these teachers, young and old, and the simple wisdom that I recognize, remember, and continue to struggle to understand. And that's the Full Circle Fatherhood Report for this week. I'll post it soon on my blog at thegratefuldad.org. The new riders of the purple sage. I don't know you. Those are the words that came to mind as I was thinking about uh, both uh, recognition and remembering and my son and my father and uh, any excuse to play the new riders uh, on the radio is a good one in my book. So thanks for uh, hanging with me through my moment of gratitude and the full circle fatherhood report. Today, we are here to celebrate both the second anniversary of this show and the release of Edgar Papke's book, True Alignment. As you might have picked up, uh, Edgar Papke is the father of four and has two young grandchildren. He's a globally recognized thought leader and expert in leadership development and organizational alignment, a sought-after executive coach, consultant, and popular keynote speaker. Edgar is also a singer and a songwriter and a recording artist with two CDs available on iTunes and Amazon. Three, I gotta figure out where I'm missing the third one. He's here today to talk about his brand new book. It's called True Alignment, Linking Company Culture with Customer Needs for Extraordinary Results, published, as we said, on Amicon Books, uh, Literally, we say 2013, but I just got it one week ago. And also to commemorate the second anniversary of this show. So for the third time, I'm so delighted to welcome my friend and mentor, coach and confidant, author, singer-songwriter, Edgar Papke, back to the Grateful Dad Radio Hour. Welcome, Edgar. Thank you. Thank you. It's great so, to be um, back. I, I, I intend to get more to your music in a little while, but but I'm I'm picturing... Let Time Run, and St. Helena, where's the third album? Uh, in between, Private Property. Oh, did I? I got to, okay. Yeah. I got to search through my stacks and figure out uh, where they are and, and get a hold of them. That's not the big story that I, I came to ask about, but you know mm-hmm. how I always start off. I, I want to ask you about your story, and I, I remember coaxing you on our previous meetings on the show to take me back to New Jersey of your youth or Germany before that, to take me to big cities and small towns, to culinary school and, and business school. Um, you know, what's a, what's another way to tell your story or what's a defining moment? I always like to ask, you know, a defining moment in your life that brought you to this place where we're here today talking about your new book, talking about your music and your, your family and, and, all that you do in the world. Um, does Can I put you on the spot and say, I mean, is there a moment that, that or, or two that you know kind of made a lot of difference in your life, or have I already mined that uh, too much with you? From, a, uh, from the perspective of what makes defining moments, I think that's an interesting one in and of itself. Uh-huh. <laughs> For some reason, I can't help but think that every moment in our lives, especially in relationship to others, is a mm-hmm. defining moment. 
And, um, so some of course have a, have a greater magnitude and leave a deeper impression on our, uh, on us psychologically and spiritually and, and who we are. And, uh, at other times, I, they may appear on the surface to be insignificant and then of course wind up looking back at it and we find the significance in it. Um, the first thought that ran through my mind as you asked the question is, uh, um, showing up in uh, New York Harbor, uh, on the heels of July 4th and, uh, and experiencing coming to the United States as an immigrant and uh, how, what a, what a incredible, uh, meaning that has in my life in terms of new experience and change and, and learning at a very young age to really manifest an ability and at times a desire for change in my life. Mm. And, um, then I think about the different, um, different decisions around career pathing and going to the culinary institute and leaving business after seven years, becoming a chef and then leaving that once again. And then, um, and then, you know, and the work that I do now. And in all of that, in the background, something kept popping up in my head as you were asking the question, and it is falling in love. Mm. And I think that falling in love, uh, both um, with my wife, Lori, and then with our children, as they came into our world, now our grandchildren, I think that, that um, those moments of, the, of themselves are just incredibly, and in a way, we can define them as significant, and yet uh, at some level they're, they're truly really not definable because they are so so deep in uh, in heart and soul. Uh, leave it to my friend Edgar Papke, author of this book we'll talk about shortly, True <laughs> Alignment, to take the question, defining moments, which, yeah, so typically are those uh, big, life-changing, cataclysmic, aha moments and reframe it as couldn't every moment of our life be considered defining and and i appreciate that and then yeah i don't think anybody has ever reminded us of that probably most incredible and impactful one of of falling in love and mm. if we're fortunate enough to to as 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 you did you know not trying to date you man but a long time ago because <laughs> as i recall i think you and Lori were high school sweethearts if i have that one right or pretty close to that age mm -hmm. And then to think, you know, You've got you, history. You do. <laughs> yes, we do. And a beautiful one. And, and so, you know, those moments and then remembering, you know, as the father of four, uh, compared to, to, you know, the one experience I had with, with, uh, bringing a child into the world and the, the kind of love that, that starts so early and, and continues, you know, for so long, we hope. Um, all of those moments sound great. And, and then you mention, as you say, the, the different sort of business mileposts along mm -hmm. the way. Um, in the business world, in the, the, the culinary world, and then in business for as long as I've known you, but still dabbling in the culinary arts. I mean, if I understand correctly, you found ways to actually cook with clients and CEOs mm -hmm. and work teams and, and that sort of thing. And, um, then of course I heard that you, uh, cooked Thanksgiving dinner, although made it a vegan one this year, which yeah. uh, I love the creativity and possibility that comes with that. Mm -hmm. uh, thank you for, for, you know, kind of those, those milestones along the way. And, and what you, you know, I started out by asking how did I miss or why do I only think of two CDs when I know there's been three now? Um, so I got to go back and, and check my, my record collection. <laughs> um, any, any musical milestones? You heard that I'm going to, um, take a break from talking so much on this show and end the year. 
playing music and I sneak it in like we just did with the new riders and such. And, um, you and I, and one of our many sort of, uh, yeah, you reminded me of the Glendale train. Oh yeah. Somebody robbed the Glendale train. Uh-huh. Yeah. Great new riders. Yes. Yes. Um, in musical milestones, do they, uh, do they come into play? Yeah, yeah they do. And, um, uh, I think most of those, uh, happened for me as I was thinking, as you were talking about it, two, two thoughts. The first one was that they occurred in seeing live performances. Mm-hmm. I'm so taken. I, uh, I'm a fanatic for any kind of live entertainment, let alone music. Yeah. And, uh, I'm always in awe of people that get up and play live and, and you've really seen a true expression of who they are. So that's an ongoing recurring theme. And then the other one is just sitting down and crafting a, a lyric to a song. And sometimes I just wonder where it came from or how it channels. And, um, and those are many miles, you know, consider each one a, a kind of a fascinating moment. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. You know, I asked that, and and I, I told you we'd wait a while, but I don't know if I can. Oh. Um, so uh, let's let's, let's try this. Thing. We're just going to leave your mic open, but I'm going to make sure that Haas is monitoring. And hopefully, since you brought an acoustic today, um, the oh yeah, that'll be. How do we do that with our headphones? If you got to take them off, you can. So I tell you what, if I'm gonna, what if you will, I'm gonna I'll make you work. Take this red mic. And let that pick up the uh, the guitar. Now you're gonna be singing too. Yes. Okay. So you sing into the yellow mic. Okay. Uh, you're gonna have. To, okay. You could do it that way. Strip the threads. That's okay. I mean, these things only cost hundreds and hundreds of dollars. No. I'm kidding. Oh, he had his. He didn't have his headphone on. I'm kidding. So hold on here. Now let me turn it on. Ooh, that sounded good. There we go. My guest in the studio is Edgar Papke, and he's going to take us to break with a song. We'll come back to talk about his new book, literally hot off the presses, called True Alignment, Linking Company Culture with Customer Needs for Extraordinary Results. Let's just say that this is an extraordinary guest, um, a published author, as well as a recording artist with three uh, CDs available on Amazon and iTunes. Edgar, what are you going to play us out on? Something that you prompted in, in your gratitude statement and uh, back looking back at your history and that's uh, to be a good father and good son and that's the title of this song it's called good father good son have at it i'm still learning to listen here when you speak from your Always be here for you. I don't think we could dance to this. Keep my word to do my part. When you're hurting. More stimulating talk radio. MileHighRadio.com I promise to hold you tight. I'll always be here I'm learning to be a good father I'm still learning to be a good son I'm learning to be a good father I'm still learning to be a good son
I'm still learning to trust myself. Always share my truth with you. I want you to see in my eyes my pride and joy for all you do. When your body is broken, ailing, I will help you to mend. When you've fallen, I will be here to help you stand again. I'm learning to be a good father. I'm still learning to be a good son. I'm still learning to be a good father. I'm still learning to be a good son. I'm still learning to see your dreams. Sharing who you want to be. Walk with you each step you take. I in you and you in me. Love you each day like it's the last. Leave no regrets when I'm done. Forevermore. Souls together, our love lives on and on. I'm learning to be a good father. I'm still learning to be a good son. I'm learning to be a good father. I'm still learning to be a good son. I'm learning to be a good father. I'm still learning to be a good son. So we are back. This is the Grateful Dad Radio Hour on MileHighRadio.com. I'm Doug Gertner, the Grateful Dad, joined in the studio today by Edgar Papke. Stay tuned, because uh, coming up at 3, it's Mondays at 3 with Greg Geeson. And uh, he actually, I think he has Dan Millman as his guest today. And uh, if you want to hear another big-time author, stay tuned today uh, for this show and the Geese's show Mondays at 3. So, Edgar, thanks for for the live music, live Thank music you. on the radio. Always a, a, a challenge. I've I've got some of your um, music queued up um, that that Haas can play from the recordings, but I figure we've got you and your guitar, and we've got microphones. The cool thing about that song that you just played, I, I, the way it comes up in, I've loaded your CD onto my iTunes, and, and it comes up. Is it the first song on Saint Helena? Yeah, it is. And, and so, okay, so it comes up properly. But the first time I heard that was not recorded on your CD. It was actually, you played it in the studio. It was, I think that was, it, it, it got its, uh, 
its studio debut <laughs> on my radio show, um, and you kind of worked it out. So uh, I, I feel very close to that song for obvious reasons, and and it's it's it it's been part of a lesson you've helped me learn over the years um, about being both a father and a son. So it it, it plays well. I don't know what uh, what Haas thought when we whipped out the guitar, but thank you, Haas, for. Uh, uh, engineering on that one. Um, all right. So we came ostensibly to celebrate not just my second year on the radio mm-hmm. or two full years on the radio, but, uh, this new book in front of me. Um, I got my copy on Amazon, pre-ordered it. It came to my door, uh, on November 21st. I mean, literally the day mm-hmm. they promised it and they moved it up. But I want to go back a little bit. I mean, I've known you a, a long time. I've known you going on. 20 years, I think. And, mm-hmm. and you've always been a reader and a thinker and, and much of the time a writer as well. But it's been almost that long. It feels like that this book really came to fruition. And I wonder if you just back up before we talk about the book and say a little bit about the process of bringing this book to, to what I'm holding in my hand today. Yeah, it's actually, you're, you're right. It's something that I'd thought about and talked about for quite some time and, and, uh, to write a book and write it about my work in business. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so that's, that's the first of what will be uh, probably, well, I've already got four or five others outlined, so I'm okay. going to be doing quite a bit of writing. But yeah, the process to it really was coming to, uh, to put together various aspects of, of business and the, 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 um, the foundation for it is the simple thinking that um, we live in a business society mm-hmm. and we produce products and services to fulfill our human desires and needs. And that's what art is all about. Mm-hmm. We have desires, we have needs, and then we creatively and innovatively bring those uh, to life through art. And so the basic premise here is that um, business is an art form and it is 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 the most sophisticated and enduring art forms that we um, participate in as human beings, and we all participate in one form or another in, in business. Yeah, those are those are two. I mean, clearly they're distinct in my mind, but they're interrelated as you describe them. You make that point early on in the book that mm-hmm. that we all are. Engaged. You know, I don't call myself a businessman. Someone might say, but it doesn't mean that I'm not involved in business. Say more about the 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 point you make, the, the what you mean when you say that we're really all mm-hmm. involved in business. Yeah, and and if you were to think about a book um, being a part of a conversation, then the conversation begins with who we as human beings and what motivates us, and um, and then we go out and we um, participate in getting products and services mm-hmm. to, again to fulfill our needs, and so um, working from that uh, from that piece uh, from that from that you know base foundation. We all participate as customers, day in and day out. We're all participating in business as customers, and we're all uh, part of creating something that we bring into the world. And um, even, that's our business. Yes, that's what we do. It's innate in us as human beings to to, to participate in the way that we do. Well, again, much as you redefine my my question initially about uh, you know defining moments you've kind of redesigned business it, it, one doesn't have to consider that I, I that they need to be incorporated and in showing a profit that really what we do that the, the the art of being human is in, is in a sense the art of business mm-hmm. and it comes back to what you call the human art of business um the, well who do you hope will will pick up the book. I mean, 
like like who who was this book written for then? It's an excellent question because that's one of the things that the publisher wanted to know. What's oh. the audience for the book? And I spend a lot of my time with um, uh, in my work with uh, with my vocation, I should call it, with business leaders, yeah. CEOs, and business leaders. And so the construct for it was simply to begin with that with uh, with that idea in mind. And the realization is, as I get feedback about the book and people read it, the feedback is that, well, this actually applies to me. It applies to everyone, whether I'm a member of an organization or a large business or a small business, whether I'm a one-person business or as a consumer, as a customer. Um, there is there is uh, insights that uh, that I offer through the book uh, about who we all are yeah. in our human engagement, because it is. It's all about the relationship in the end and and trust and the meaning of the of our relationship, which in business is, you know, the transaction. So, yeah. yeah. For, for much of the time I've known you, and as you say, your, your avocation, your work has been with, um, you know, guys that just, you know, to tie in the men's piece of the show, guys mm. that, that intimidate me, guys that frustrate me, um, not just men, but many of your clients, yeah. As captains of industry, as CEOs and high-ranking exec- executives are men, and that's one of the touch points that you I've had with you, even you know, with your work at that level, is you your insights about men and masculinity are so great. But it's not just for men, and it's not just for CEOs and executives. Anybody at any level practicing the human art of business, either for pay or just simply as they go mm-hmm. about the business of their life, is going to get is going to take something from this book. Yeah, and we're we're all people, and I think you're right about that, Ben. And I like to say that um, uh, boys are busy trying to act like uh, men, and men are busy being boys. Uh huh. Ain't that the truth? Hey, so so you know, I've got the book here, and you know, I got it on Amazon. So I could, I got people can go to Amazon and and get True Alignment by Edgar Papke. You can read the book jacket after you've read the description, but. I got the author here. What's this book about? I mean, how do you give a synopsis that says, you know, from your point of view, I mean, you start out with the statement, it's all about alignment, hence the title, True Alignment. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? What, 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 is, what, what do you mean when you refer to alignment in this book and what does it offer? In alignment happens at, at, at different levels and, at, and I think the book addresses and, and gives you um, insight into those different levels. Alignment uh, in a business sense, when we're all engaged in a business together, bringing a product or service to market, then alignment is all being clear on what it is that we're offering, the emotional driver behind why it is that we, that we deliver it, and then the how-to. And most of the time in business, the how-tos, we focus on our processes and systems through which we create and deliver a product or service. This is about the how-to of how we work with one another as human beings, uh, power, influence, decision-making, all the different aspects of how it is that we come together. So it provides then a framework through which to actually assess what alignment and misalignment looks like. Most of our conflicts occur out of misalignment, whether in the business sense or in a personal sense and, and relationship sense, when we're not on the old, you know, proverbial same, same page. So the book itself then provides a, a, a framework uh, through which to assess and create alignment at a um, alignment to the customer, alignment to the brand and what we're delivering to the customer and the meaning of that, and then um, how culture and leadership behaviors, behaviors and cultures and leadership behavior influences and reinforces that that process. And then from a personal standpoint, alignment is alignment to myself and uh, what I'm all about 
as a person, what my purpose and what my goals and aspirations are, and how do I align my life and the things that I do to accomplish those. And uh, it opens, a, I think, a, the, the the book does a, I think, does serve the purpose, and it also uh, opens up uh, the reader to discover about themselves in relationship to this large manifested society of business that we all participate in. Well, I think it does, and I, I, I expect it to, because that's one of the things, that, you know, the gifts that, you know, you bring. We were, we were talking over lunch as I was exploring my path with you, as you've been so kind to, you know, be there for me along it. And, and you talk about, um, you know, that, that, that one of your, how do you call them alignment questions uh, mm-hmm. has to do with, you know, what is my gift to the world? Cause everybody has one. And, and so to ask that, I mean, you're asking these questions of a company, but really you're starting with individuals mm-hmm. in any organization. Yeah. Um, you know, you you ask the company, what do we offer and why, and, and why do we do what we do and how do we go about it? Mm-hmm. But you also say to the individual, yeah. what do you offer? Mm-hmm. Why? What's your intention? And how do you go about it? And so you mentioned four pieces here that, that essentially go into the assessment. And you've, you've named them and, and apparently trademarked what you call the business code. And the, the, the simple model mentions, um, customer intention, leadership and culture. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but, you know, if, if, if you could elaborate on the business code, I mean, again, I, I don't give away the whole book because I want people to yes. go out there and get it, but, uh, dangle a little bit of this business code if you would. Uh huh. Well, the, um, the customer is, uh, is really about understanding ourselves and what motivates us as human beings. And, um, it's that motivation that causes us to want to go out and buy products and services. <laughs> you know, it's personal fulfillment for whatever it is that, uh, that we're seeking. Intention, um, I use the term very intentionally. Yeah. It's kind of like tongue in cheek. Like and, um, because intention, uh, we usually talk about in business, we talk about brand promises and market differentiators, competitive advantages, et cetera. And, um, the reason I chose to use intention is because Intention is really about trust. Mm. I can make you promise. It's how well I keep my commitment to you that you then decide whether or not you trust in me and you trust in our relationship. And I think all too often in today's world, especially, I think that, uh, companies and businesses run awry or they, you know, they fall, they, they fall off the path of being intentional and delivering to their promises. And so, um, Using some common uh, themes around what drives us emotionally, how do those show up and how we brand and how do we intentionally deliver products and services. And then the next piece of it, the culture, is really a framework for being able to understand what are the patterns of behavior that we engage in. And here's a big alignment piece is that we treat each other and work with one another internally in a, in a company or a team. In our human relationships, we, we, we function with one another that's an alignment to and upholds the values and beliefs of what we're about that aligns to the customer expectation. The intention that we have towards the customer is the same that we have towards each other. And that is remarkably, remarkably powerful. Um, it, most of us have worked in a company or a business of some kind where we know when we live in a manner with one another and we treat one another in a way that aligns to what it is that we promise to the customer. And we also know when that's out of alignment. And last and not least is leadership because leadership role models, reinforces, and in today's world, both in small and larger markets, whether it's, you know, small community or 
large multinational markets, it's so interesting how much of a leader's reputation connects to and, and uh, in a way, either aligns or misaligns to their potential customer. And we know that when that whole alignment is working. One of my favorite exa- examples of that is Steve Jobs. Yeah, I was going to ask. Now, I, I mean, the, the, the true alignment makes sense to me as you describe it, the business code with the customer, the intention, the culture, the leadership. And, and between your book is full of examples, and then you've got your own from all of the work you've done mm-hmm. with the individuals and organizations. But, you know, go with the Steve Jobs one. I got to tell you that, as you know, I picked this book up and then the next day I got on a plane, so I had plenty of time to read it, but I did get distracted on the flight home. They, there's a new movie out called Jobs. Aston yeah. Kutcher playing Steve mm-hmm. Jobs. And as bad a movie as it was, it was a fun way to be reminded of his story from yeah. literally Reed College until he took back over mm-hmm. uh, Apple Computer and made it the uh, culture-changing behemoth it is today. But but uh, go ahead. When when you think about uh, leadership um, and and culture and the business code, where's where does Steve Jobs, uh, a, a well-known figure in that regard? There's there's a lot of touch points. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the most significant one is the relationship of a leader to a customer. Uh huh. So much so that when Steve Jobs left Apple and passed away, immediately, uh, not just the marketplace as a whole, customers began doubting whether or not the culture, mm-hmm. because of his reputation, his role modeling, and his mm-hmm. driving force, whether or not the culture of, of Apple would sustain itself, yeah. which is to carry on the values, beliefs of innovation and uh, preeminent technology and design. So much so that Wall Street and, you know, shareholders started doubting it uh-huh. and, and, uh, that the customers directly began to question, uh, in the next Apple product that I buy, will I be getting the same as I would have gotten if Steve Jobs was still in the leadership role? And it reminded me just going to the local bake shop when I was a child, mm-hmm. uh, that my parents chose, uh, to, to get, um, certain baked goods, um, from a, from a bake shop locally. Why? Because they really believed in the intention of the owner and they trusted and believed in that owner to give them the, the best quality and the best value. And, and, uh, when that bakery changed ownership, that, that, you know, that faltered okay. that, that belief, even though the product may have been the same. Yeah. You know, we, we question it because we, we identify so much with the power of that leadership from small mom and pop bakeries to mm-hmm. the biggest business in the land. The, the, the notion of true alignment a, mm-hmm. a, applies. Is there an example? I mean, I hate to go negative on you, but is there an example from, you know, that we would know from the book or in your own work of misalignment and, 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 you know, it's, it's what it looks like or its root causes and the effects, mm-hmm. you know, you talk about, we, we know when alignment isn't in place in an organization or a team but uh, say a little more you know because I'm, I'm i'm told to market these things we've got to uh, create the problem and then offer the solution so uh, <laughs> what what problems does does the lack of alignment cause uh, uh confused unhappy customers uh, them not getting what they want uh-huh. uh, uh, internal strife conflict employees that verbally that openly and verbally um um you know uh will criticize uh, their own management. Uh, a great example, the airline industry. Oh, One yeah. organization that's well aligned is Southwest, mm-hmm. and people 
regardless of what you're buying, what you're buying it for at Southwest, it's, it's, you get a sense that everybody's aligned in a, they in are. the same place. They yeah? are. I complimented a, a, yeah. uh, an agent the other day on the phone with them and she jumped right in with me and said, yes, isn't Southwest great? And here's what's great about it. There's the alignment. And I think where you're about to go is pick an airline, any other airline, because it's really hard to find <laughs> well, many my others. Favorite, my favorite is United. Oh, I'm sorry. F- yes. F- fly the friendly skies. And uh, very often you have disgruntled <laughs> and unhappy, uh, yes. flight attendants and, uh, <laughs> and you know, the criticism of their own, uh, CEO, mm-hmm. uh, and, uh, you know, his micromanagement and his tactical approaches to not letting people be happy in what they do, really. It's, it's yeah. really quite intriguing. It's intriguing and, and it's sad to me because there was a time, you know, if you go back as far as you and I do with United Airlines, there was a time when, uh, the company was owned by the employees and you did get, you know, friendly skies and people on the phone. And as we know, things can change. And I, that's why you'll always have uh, work in that part of your vocation because misalignment <laughs> is, is really, yeah. um, so prevalent and, and there will always be room for your work. Um, yeah, and to add to that, I think there's always that, uh, and, and, and therein I think lies that very personal experience of alignment because then we question who are we in the roles that we're in in organizations or the work that we do or as leaders, the businesses that we're in. And in the end, uh, it's really about whether or not I'm happy with myself or not and my vocation and my choices that I make and that's personal alignment and we speak to our own values and beliefs and who we want to be and and in the end that's where uh, that's my aspiration for this book is that it 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 gives a great insight into what happens at the organizational and business level it's also very personal to us all I I hear that and I know as you said you've got a handful of other pieces in the works Mm -hmm. um Anything that's going to address things on a, on a much more personal level, because that's a place that you've been so important to me, you know, just very personally that you can drill down to my core and help me get in better in touch and better alignment with who I am and what I need to be doing with my gift in this world. Are you going to offer that in any written form anytime soon? Yes. Um, all within the next couple of years or so. Uh, my, my current project is, um, about conflict and um, how we manifest intention in our relationships through conflict, and um, and uh, and then as a follow up to that, I'll be writing about uh, leading generously and um, personal alignment. Mm. So that's that's the path. You can learn more about his work at edgarpapke.com, E-D-G-A-R-P-A-P-K-E, edgarpapke.com. The new book, as I said, is called True Alignment, um, Linking Company Culture with Customer Needs for Extraordinary Results. It, it's, it's an extraordinary book, and I know, you know, that it didn't just get knocked out overnight because I've been watching you in the process of bringing this to fruition, taking the ideas and the experiences that you've had as a coach, as a consultant, um, giving speeches, just being there for so many people and observing so keenly so much of what we call business that you've come up with your own approach, which is the human art of business. And it's why I relate to it as someone who, you know, does not uh, sing the business song as well as you. Hey, speaking of songs, we've got just two and a half minutes. I think you have a two and a half minute song. Um, so I think just as you played us to break, um, I'll get your mic going there. And I will say my guest today has been Edgar Papke. You've been listening to the Grateful Dad Radio Hour on MileHighRadio.com. 
Tune in next week uh, for another installment. And uh, Edgar, thanks for being here. Take us out. What are you going to play? This one's uh, called um, If I Had Just One Wish. Just One Wish. Thanks, Love song. And thank you for having me here. I knew you were the love of my life. First time I saw you smile. I could see our children deep in the love in your eyes. I knew I wanted to be with you until the end of time. I forever your true love, you forever mine. If I had just one wish, I know what I would do. I would wish for a hundred years, spend every minute with you, spend every minute with you, spend every minute with you. If I had just one wish, I know what I would do. More than milehighradio.com.